Today's show is being brought to you by wellness and nutrition consultant, Tawana Coleman. Our health and longevity of life is so vital, and we must remember that our bodies do not come with the warranty. So whatever you eat or drink, do it all to the glory of God. Be mindful of what you put in, around, and on your body. If you want to know more about living a lifestyle that decreases stress, aids weight loss, gives your skin glow, gives you energy, saves time, and good for your whole family, you can find me on Facebook at Tawana Coleman. That's T-W-A-N-A-C-O-L-E-M-A-N. And on Instagram at the Tawana Coleman. On Tuesdays and Thursdays, we'll discuss some serious matters that should be of concern to the American people and also how our mindsets and energy shape our reality. Good morning. Good morning. Top of the morning to you. I definitely hope that your day has started off wonderfully and everything is going great so far. I wish you a wonderful, blessed, prosperous, happy, and amazing day on today. Hey, you claimed it for yourself as well. You say that. Speak that into existence on today. Speak it, speak it loud and proud on today. Our words carry weight, right? All right. So welcome back to another episode with Talking with Twana. I'm Twana. Thank you so much for joining me back. I greatly, greatly appreciate it. So um, as I yesterday talked about, you know, some things with COVID and stuff like that and some stats and data, all that um, on today. I wanted to take a little time and talk about rapper Earl Simmons, better known as DMX, on today's show, okay? So I'll jump back into the health aspect on tomorrow, so I hope you are ready for that because I got some info for you coming up, so be ready for that and ready to jot down some information or go ahead and unlock your mental Rolodex and be ready to roll. All right, so let's jump in. Let's talk about um, Rapper DMX, okay? So as you already know, as you guys already know, um, Rapper DMX passed away. And it's a it's a very sad situation. It really is. Um, the world has been mourning his death, and it has been frustrating for a lot of people because they have watched him, you know, go through things. They have watched him skyrocket through the music industry. They have watched his highs, and they have watched all of his lows. Right. As he dealt with so many things, unfortunately, um, his last day here on Earth, April 9th, 2021. OK, now I take that back. I say unfortunately, because, yes, it is, you know, something that family just don't want. You just don't want your loved one to be gone. You don't want to not be able to see them the next day in the morning, you know, uh, the next night, two weeks from now, a year from now, we, we just want to be around our loved ones. And that, that is totally okay. And that is totally normal. Right. But to be with the Lord, <laughs> that's a beautiful thing. That's an amazing thing. Now, let me, you know, make sure that I, clarify and and state here I'm not saying that he has went to heaven because none of us know that you know and I know we say that and but that's because we all want the people that we love and we care about um to go to heaven right to go the to the place of glory right the place of many mansions streets paved of gold that's what we want 
We want the best for our loved ones, our friends, um, you know, those that you're closest to. That's what you want. You want to make sure that they're still okay and that they're happy. That is human nature. That is the uh, human compassion capacities that we have, right? So, um, you know, but also just for people to be careful when they do that, because in all honesty and truth, you don't know where a person is going. You don't know 100% for yourself. All we could do is, you know, be responsible for our actions and take in charge and control of our spiritual journey and our relationship with the most high, right? Because we have to keep in mind, we all fall short of the glory of God. We all fall short. None of us are 100% perfect. None of us do every single thing right all the time and things of that nature. So, um, and, and, and God's reason why I just kind of threw this little nugget here, um, you know, and I hope no one is taking offense to this, but I threw this little caveat here is because I've been seeing a lot of people on TikTok doing these, you know, reels, these little quick videos showing, um, you know, you're in heaven and you hear the music playing and they're like, who's coming? Who's coming? They know somebody is coming. And then, oh, then when the music starts playing, oh, it's DMX. DMX is in heaven. Oh, welcome, welcome. And then you got, you know, Pac and Biggie and uh, Lisa Left Eye Lopez and so many others, you know, and they're like welcoming DMX into heaven and all those different types of things. And um, and they're also want their videos or reels, the, I guess the proper way or technical way of saying it is reels, um, because that's what it is. But also they're also doing them where I'm seeing where they're showing DMX coming, uh, into heaven and he's watching Lil Nas X, um, fly straight down to hell. And he's like, Oh, that's not where I'm trying to go. You know? Um, and yeah, I understand some things are jokes and some people being funny, but a lot of the times that is not the case. People are not just being funny or just trying to throw something up. You know, they're just speaking what they believe, you know, and they're just putting it in the form where um, it has music to it, is making it appealing and, you know, somebody else likes it and resonates with it and, you know, so forth and so forth. But just to kind of, you know, move past this really quickly, because Y'all know that I'll, <laughs> I'll kind of veer left a little bit, <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I just wanted to say on this point here is that we, that's one of the things that we have to stop doing. We have to stop putting people, you know, placing them, this person is in heaven, this person rest in heaven, rest in heaven. You don't know that you can pray for that person to be there, but that person also has to be held accountable for their actions here on earth, their relationship with Christ, what they did, what was their prayer life, how was their heart. Just like we all will be judged the exact same way. So we have to be mindful of that and not make light and make a joke or parody out of every single thing, right? Right? We can't we can't be so double-minded, you know, um well, worldly aspects will take priority or take precedence over what is actual, you know, and biblically factual there. So moving on from that, I just wanted to say that really quickly because I've been seeing that a lot. I've been seeing that so much and so many people doing videos on that. And it's just you know, oh, DMX is coming. Oh, so who's coming in hell? You're standing around, you're looking, whoa, it's DMX. And you're jumping around and screaming and happy and all that stuff. And, you know, and it's just so many people that I'm seeing, that I'm seeing with my own eyes that are taking hell so lightly, so free-flowingly, you know? Oh, it's party time. And it you know, is we, we, we've got to do better. We've got to do better on some things. All right. So let me 
wrangle myself back in. Let's get back to the topic at hand, the point at hand here. So just, you know, a little background info um, as far as his career stats with uh, Earl Simmons, again, better known as DMX. Okay, so he was an American rapper, all right, songwriter, and also actor. He was also an actor, so um, you've seen him in several different movies. Um, he began rapping in the early 1990s, and he released his debut album, Is Dark and Hell is Hot, in 1998. So uh, he released that to both critical acclaim and commercial success okay so I uh, reported over 200,000 copies within its first week of release okay so he was definitely doing his thing um, he was in movies he was appearing on uh, television as well and you know it's just the list definitely just goes on and on and on and um I want to go here as far as to kind of talk about his, his, you know, upbringing, his past a little bit to kind of dig in. Guys, I, you know, my heart definitely hurt um, for him just in the capacity of what he went through because I am an empathetic person. I am. I, I have no shame in it. I'm fine with that. But when you learn about his story and you learn about his history, he went through a lot. He went through a lot. He was attacked. He was ridiculed. He was targeted. He was punished. All these different types of things. And by who? The industry. And not just the industry. He went through some things as a child that stuck with him and that carried him over, that went with him into his teenage years and then into his adult years. And it was a continuous problem, right? How many of you out there have went through something in your childhood? Or how um, you were reared. How was your relationship with your mom, with your dad, uh, you know, with grandparents, who you, uh, who your caretakers were, your um, foster care, right? Aunts, uncles, grandparents, everyone's situ uh, situations and everyone's upbringing is totally different. Everyone's situation is not the same. Some are not happy-go-lucky and happy and all those different types of things. It's, it's different situations for every child in every household, okay? So, digging in here, um, you know, as I was talking about him selling over 251,000 copies, uh, to be exact, if I'm not mistaken, um, on his first album release, but... I mean, he was a huge figure in popular culture, a huge figure. He had so much success, enormous success, over 74 million albums sold, 74 million. Okay. So he basically was a vocal critic of the music industry at some point. Okay. He was very critical of them and he had a hate hatred, you know, a, a hate, uh, a, what do you call it? He had like hatred for them. It was a, I can't say a love hate relationship. No, it was a hateful relationship on his end towards them and also on their, their end towards him. And that's how it was. They didn't like him. They did not like him because he spoke out and he was very vocal. And especially when he got to the point to start uh, talking about his faith, when he really started to get into his walk and uh, his walk with the Lord and really digging into his Christian faith, 
oh, the vultures really came out. Okay? They really came out. So, as it is reported, um, as far as with rapper DMX, he was hospitalized on Good Friday. Okay? On Good Friday. And, you know, like I said, he was, he was troubled. He was troubled with a lot of situations, but, you know, prior to his death, X looked great. He was doing really good. He looked really good. He was healthy. Um, from what we can tell, he was very happy. All of the videos that I saw of him with his family and, you know, him being out in the streets, being in the community, doing interviews and stuff like that. He was, he was doing really good. I mean, good spirits. I mean, still doing his thing, even catching him rapping and stuff like that. He was still doing his thing, still had the skills, still doing him, his skill level. Like it's just totally unmatched totally unmatched right so and I know many of you um, would definitely agree with that uh, but jumping back in here okay so many people were rooting for him to turn around and make a comeback you know um, especially you know with Easter Sunday coming up just a couple of days after that you know so many people were rooting for his complete recovery so um there's video footage of so many people coming out to show support uh fans all that stuff they were outside of his hospital all right they had the speakers going they were you know playing his music and all these different types of things they were out there they were in support they were in unity and they were out there in complete unity for him uh, trying to lift him up in support and lift him up in prayer to make a full recovery right so that was pretty interesting to see that was that was really uh, really interesting to see and I also saw um, if you guys saw the video as well of him um, I think they were in his home I'm not sure but you could see that they were in a home setting and there was family all around. Um, Leandria Johnson was there. She was singing. And they full on had a gospel session. A full on gospel session. They were singing. Um, DMX was praying. And I mean, it was the Lord was in the room. He was in the room. Okay. If you see that particular video you can see that the Lord was in the room, right? So, um, you know, again, thoughts definitely going out to his family, um, his children during this time, because this is definitely, you know, it's still new. All of this is still new. It's, you know, going into the next month without your loved one. Coming up towards the end of the year and he's not there, you know, and... It's just, you know, you know how these things go. Y'all know how these things go. Um, it could be a tough time and it could also be a time of um, rejoicing and celebration because you can say, hey, my family is not suffering anymore. My loved one is not suffering. They're no longer in pain. They're no longer in distress. They're all good. Right? Or if there was no pain or suffering like that and they were, you know, pretty happy uh, at the time of death or anything like that, it's still on the upswing of, oh my God, if they going where we're praying that they're going, whoo, they doing much better than we are, right? That's the mindset of that and how to keep it there on that part. Now. Let's jump in here. Let's jump in here and get some more information. So as he did pass away on April 9th at 50 years old. Okay. 
So immediately after his, you know, hospitalization, um, they reported on TMZ that DMX had suffered a heart attack due to an overdose. So, but it was also, it was also reported that that wasn't confirmed, that that was not confirmed by the people closest to him, his family. And right now the autopsy report hasn't been released yet. It's not available. So technically we, you know, we don't know because that part has not been released yet. But according to his family, um, that was not the case. He did not, um, overdose. He did not OD overdose or anything like that. So, uh, it's pretty interesting to see on that. There was an article that was done by um, MTO News uh, Media Takeout. And, you know, guys, you already know with, you know, some stories on MTO, you have to, you know, kind of take it with a grain of salt. Um, sometimes I did see the article. The last time that I went back to try to find the article, um, it had been scrubbed. But you could, you know, try again to see if you can find it. But one thing I want you, you guys to do is to pay attention to certain articles when you see certain things. Um, if you read an article and you go back and try to find it, just know, just being real with you and just being honest with you, a lot of articles sometimes, depending on what's in it, you know, it's they're being scrubbed. They're being removed from the Internet like it never existed. Okay. So make sure you definitely keep that in the back of your mental Rolodex. Okay. So, all right. So in an interview with MTO news, a family member, a family member spoke of DMX, um, spoke with them and they told MTO news that the rapper had received the COVID vaccine. Okay, that he had received the COVID vaccine about a week before he had suffered from the heart attack. Okay, so uh, DMX's family they said that he had gotten the vaccine when they opened it up, you know, in this area, and when they opened it up to people over fifty. Right. So I was curious myself. I was like, hmm. You know, he's a very very, very intelligent man, right? And he knows a lot. He we, he knew a lot, you know what I'm saying? Um, about a lot of things that's going on and a lot of things that, you know, the everyday people don't realize, don't know, and don't think about. So I was curious, you know, as to why he got it. But when, you know, um, getting more information about it, it was stated from you know, from his family telling MTO News that he had received the vaccine or taken the vaccine because he wanted to be able to travel and perform. So he's trying to make his coins. You see what I'm saying? He's trying to work. He was trying to work. He was trying to do what he had to do for his business there, if you will. So he had taken it reportedly for that reason okay so it was stated that a family member suspected that dmx um, heart attack could have been a reaction to the vaccine right so the family member had you know basically ex explained that everyone in the news kept saying that X had a drug overdose. And this family member was like, okay, so how do they know? I'm in the family and no doctor told me, you know, or anybody else about an overdose. So how was the news reporting that he died of an overdose and that his heart attack was triggered by an overdose? Okay. It's interesting. So he did have past drug issues, but nobody, according to that article, knew anything about him ODing, period. And basically they were just like, it's messed up 
that is being reported like that. Okay. So according to that article in MTO news, uh, they were stating that the family were considering taking legal action against news publications, you know, for basically, you know, prematurely uh, concluding that DMX had suffered a drug overdose. Okay. So as far as that's still holding up and that's still coming to play. I have not seen anything on that as of late, but we'll have to, you know, wait and keep our eyes peeled on that. But one thing is for sure by this family member is that DMX did take the COVID vaccine. Okay. He took the vaccine and he had a heart attack. Now, the family member said, hey, I'm not saying that the vaccine did it, but he never had a heart attack before. So basically, in so many words, read between the lines and connect the dots. Okay, read between the lines and connect the dots. So I've been talking about, you know, the situation, COVID data, stats and things of that nature for a little bit of time here now already. And I've been sharing this information. So if you've been following me so far, you, you already know, hey, everything is not on the up and up with the vaccines in that manner. You know, again, like I said, I'm not telling you not to get it or don't get it. But what I am saying is that make sure that you definitely do your research and not just basically from what your news channel or, you know, news station is telling you. You need to definitely dig in, get the research for yourself. Look in, look into credible sources and don't let your only source be from the vaccine manufacturers themselves. Okay. Because if you forgot what I said, or you just don't know, they have zero liability. The manufacturers have zero liability. If you have the slightest adverse reaction or a major adverse reaction, if you develop cerebral palsy, if you start having seizures, if you die, that's it. You cannot sue the manufacturers okay so make sure you keep that part in mind because y'all this is serious business this is serious business out here all right so i wanted to touch a little bit on um his childhood a little bit okay you know and like i said at the start of the show he went through some things he went through some things i mean his childhood was one um, within that case, you know, he had been beaten as a child. Reportedly, he had been re uh, beaten as a child by his mother and um, various boyfriends of her of hers. And it, it was uh, reported that he had lost teeth and sustained, you know, numerous bruises, cuts on his face and, you know, lived in poverty. And it was just a lot. He dealt with a lot and went through a lot at a young age. Um, he began sleeping on the streets. Um, if I'm not mistaken, he was about 14 years old, was sleeping in the Salvation Army um, clothing bin. All right. And that's how he's um, got the dog persona because he started to, um, you know, develop relationships with the dogs that were like in the in the neighborhood there, if you will, and stuff like that. So, you know, they were definitely um, around. And it's just it's just when you go through his history and everything that he went through and. You know, another reason that this touches me so deeply is because I personally know people that went through things that seriously went through some things from childhood on up. And a lot of times people will tell you quickly, oh, get over that, get over that, get over that. But it's not that easy for all people. It's not that easy. Right. Strongholds are exactly what they are. They are strongholds. And sometimes it is really hard to break them. 
you know, we're talking about spiritual strongholds, right? So, you know, not getting ready to go down that, that rabbit hole there, but, um, you know, like I was saying that as far as with, you know, DMX, cause I don't want to harp on what he endured as a child, you know, uh, I want to move a little, a little further on down the road is when he got into actually into the rap game. Okay. So let's touch on that. Uh, I have about, eh, about 15 minutes here before I, um, wrap up for today, but I just wanted to plug in real quickly. I really want to get to know you guys and really want to just learn you and get to know you and, you know, things related to that. So do follow me on social media. Make sure that you check me out on Instagram. You can check me out at underscore the wellness chick on IG. Okay. I'd love to connect with you and get to get to know you guys and things of that nature, right? Let me see you. I want to see you for sure, right? That is what we're doing here. We are deepening relationships. We're getting to know people and that's how relationships form, right? That's how they, that's how they start. That's how they begin and you cultivate them and grow them. Okay. So, um, jumping back in here, as far as a lot of things that X had to deal with in the industry. Okay. So blood in, blood out. I wanted to talk about that here real quickly. So, you know, going back, DMX always had a love for rap. Okay. So he had a love for rap. It, it helped him through a lot of the challenges and things that he had went through his hurdles and all that stuff. So he had a huge talent. So it allowed him to, you know, garner a lot of respect and recognition. So he put in that work. And after several years of hard work, he got signed with Def Jam. Okay. So basically in 1998, he completely took the rap world by storm. Okay. So his first album was It's Dark and Hell is Hot. All right. So while X was becoming a big rap star, Okay. And this is, this was his ticket. This was his ticket out of poverty. This was his ticket out. Okay. And he understood that he knew that. And he also knew that there was a price to pay for it. Okay. So his first album, it contained uh, a component there, if you will, an important spiritual component, and it was expressed as conversations with God and the devil. Okay. So if you guys remember that, that one is, uh, the song is Damien. So I'm going to run through a few of the lyrics here. I'm sure you guys remember that, but I'm just going to run through a few of the lyrics and how the song began, how it starts off. So in the song, he starts off, why is every move I make turns out to be a bad one? Where is my guardian angel? Need one. Wish I had one. So that was X talking. Then Damien responds, you know, in his song, I'm right here, shorty, and I'm going to hold you down. I'm trying to blank these blanks. I'm going to show you how. But who? Names D like you, but my friends call me Damien. And I'm going to put you hip to something about this game we in you and me could take it there and you will be the hottest blank ever living that's a given you'll see okay now if you guys know especially after the release of the 1976 movie the omen the name damien became associated with the son of satan and the antichrist okay so in the song damien pretends he's DMX's garden angel and he can make his dreams come true. You know, money, success, women make all that come true. But keep listening to the song. Damien quickly asks for a return for his favor. Okay. So then Damien says in the song, I'm about to have you driving, probably a Benz, but we got to stay friends, blood out, blood in. All right. And so as we know from the gang world, 
the expression blood in blood out refers to the the initiation ritual of having to kill someone to enter to enter into a gang um, and on the reverse end not being able to leave the gang unless killed right so in the song it is used in the context of a deal with the music industry and by extent the devil himself okay so at the end of the song, Damien asks DMX to kill off one of his friends, one of his own friends, a ritual sacrifice to prove his loyalty. But then DMX counters back and says, either do it or give me your right hand. And that's what you said. Well, that's what Damien said to, to DMX. Either do it or give me your right hand. That's what you said. And then in the song, continuing DMX replies, I see now ain't nothing but trouble ahead. Okay. Isn't that powerful? Isn't that powerful? So um, many people have seen his poetry um, segment on the the old show. Uh, what was it? Uh, what was that show? It was... Um, Deaf Poetry Jam. That's it. Deaf Poetry Jam. So many people saw his um, performance on there. If you have not seen it, where he talks about the industry, that is what the title of his poem is, The Industry. So I highly encourage you to go look at it. Go pull it up. You should be able to find it on uh, excuse me, I kicked the desk there. Um, you should be able to find it on the tube with no problem. But go look it up and listen to it. Listen to it. One of the things that he said that I've been saying for so long. Don't just listen to the beat. Listen to the words. Because if you pay attention to the industry and you listen to a lot of these artists, they are telling you what is going on and what is happening but see we too caught up in the beat because the beat the music is hypnotizing and you love it you groove into it you're jamming to it but half the times you don't even know half the lyrics the words that the artists are singing you don't know what they're saying a lot of times well you know the the first portion of the song but you couldn't make out all the words in the second song, but you harmed to it. But, oh, that beat, that beat got you moving, right? You jamming, you grooving. But you have to listen to the words. The heart of the artist will always flow with them words. Definitely in, in, in the beat too now, for sure. But in those words, for sure. So go pull it up if you haven't seen it or just as a refresher, go pull it up, check it out and see what he's talking about in his poem, The Industry, because it clearly lays out how the industry was and how it still is. And it's even even worse now. It's even worse now. You know, I personally, I don't even listen to secular music anymore. I don't. It's it's. It's not for me. And a lot of the artists are doing things and participating and practicing in things that don't align with my word. Not my word, the word of the Lord, the Bible. It does not, they do not align with that. Right? And anything that is a hindrance and that will pull me away or lead me into sin and all those different types of things. I personally, I steer away from a lot of that stuff as much as possible. So I personally don't listen to secular music, but I know that a lot of Christians still do, you know, but like I said, make sure that you are not so captivated and caught up by the beat and by the groove. Make sure that you're also listening to the words. Okay. So, Moving along here because I want to make sure that I'm staying 
on track here with time. So he really started to deepen his faith with the Lord. He still had his struggles. He still dealt with his battles and all those different types of things. And we do too. You know, we go through different things and different situations and fall short of the glory and all of that. You know, so I want to play a segment here where you can hear a prayer that he had given. Um, his oratory skills were so unique. They were very unique. He definitely had skills. Okay. So, and, and even, I know there was talk at one point about him becoming a pastor and so forth and so forth. Um, but he definitely shared his prayers. You know, he would share a prayer in a minute. And this is one of them that I would like to um, play for you, for you to hear um, as he was a devout Christian. Okay. He would be the first to admit that he wasn't a saint and that he did stupid things and he had his shortcomings and he had serious personal issues. Just like many of us. Okay. But I do believe that the industry harped on that and they tried to exploit him the highest way possible. They went out of their way to exploit him. Right. Because in the industry, you're going to do some things. You know what? Just just to put it simply, because I, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole today. <laughs> I don't want to go right down that rabbit hole. But um, you're going to do some things. You're going to do some things to get to the level of success that you would like to have. And it really boils down to what you are willing to do to be able to achieve that success. But here we go. Father God, I am just learning how to pray. Bear with me. First, I thank you for the life of everyone that's here with me. Then I thank you for the love you give me. Why? I don't know. I don't deserve it and it hurts inside. Many a nights I cried and called your name out loud, but didn't call you when I was doing good, too proud. And still you gave me love. I wasn't used to that. Most of the people that gave me love ended up taking it back. That's something new to me. So I'm asking you for time to adjust. Let me make it there. I will be one you can trust. What I stand for, I put my life on. I do. I guess what I'm asking is, Show me how to stand for you. And I will rap for you, sing for you, reach for you, preach for you, teach for you. I will love you like you love me, unconditionally. And I will always be prepared for whatever the mission will be. Give the nutrition to me, and I'll properly digest it. And when I give it back, I will show you word well invested. And whenever I go, before I go, let me give. Thanks to you, Lord, for my birth, for every day that I've lived. You gave me a love most of my life I didn't know was there. I give you my life because you can. Amen. Amen. All right. All right. All right. So as you can see, or as you can hear, he definitely prayed with a lot of heart and a lot of passion. All right. So one of the things that we know that media does is mass humiliation, right? Mass humiliation. And they will exploit a person to the fullest extent. Um, in one of his court appearances, you know, that he had to go to when he was arrested. Um, y'all, when you, when you go back and you look at it, and I remember at the time seeing it, you know, back, back then. And you're just like, oh, wow, man, I hate that. Look, oh, he going through another situation. But he was definitely being attacked. Right. 
especially on one of his court appearances, he was the only one in there. No one else had been booked and brought in. No one else. He was the only one. And then when he get in there, you can feel his frustration. You can see his frustration because he's like, how did, how did TMZ get in here? You know, so he's asking, you know, the guy, he's like, Hey, how, how did the camera crew get in here? And they're like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. He was like, so you got a whole camera crew coming here to film me. They're in here before I get in here. How did they get in here? Why did y'all let them in here? And he kept getting the same response. We don't know. I don't know. They were already here, you know, and all that type of stuff. And he was rightfully so agitated. Right. They were there. They were capturing everything. They were zooming in on his hands. He was frustrated. They were zooming in on his hands, the jittering of his fingers. They were zooming in on his face to catch any flinch of a face muscle, anything. Right. On another court appearance. There they were again. So they were able to catch his expression firsthand when the judge said that he was going back to jail. Right. You know, I mean, guys, this stuff right here, it gets so deep. It gets so, so deep. And. You know, I just try not to go that far here um, to, to go that deep because I know, you know, some people just don't want to hear that. And some people just don't want the truth like that. You know, and it's hard to hear. It's hard to digest. And, you know, <laughs> especially when one don't want to give up things that you like, you know. You don't want to stop listening to certain music. You don't want to stop this. You don't want to stop um, doing some worldly things that you that you like and all that. And when you learn the origin of it, you learn um, a lot of the complexities of it. You know, people kind of tense up a little bit. I don't know. I don't want to hear that because that's not true. <laughs> you know, but it's, it's just the real reality of, of the situation. But I, I want to say this here. Um, DMX, you know, he claimed that he was targeted. He stated that he was targeted or he felt that he was being targeted by the local authorities at that time to get him arrested. And he also wondered why he was on lock for 23 hours a day. And an interviewer talking to him asked him, you know, how someone that rich and successful could end up in jail. And this is DMX's reply. He said, I think everyone who's watching knows how I ended up in here. I'm pretty sure they do. And then he ended the interview with this. Pray for me as I pray for you. Don't believe everything you hear. Don't believe everything you read and only believe half of what you see. God bless you. Okay. That's pretty interesting. Let me, let me, I just want to say that again. DMX in quote, pray for me as I pray for you. Don't believe everything you hear. Don't believe everything you read and only believe half of what you see. Right. A lot of these celebrities, a lot of these artists tell us, the truth. They tell us what's going on. But a lot of individuals still got the veil over their eyes and they're not paying attention and they're not listening. They're not catching it. They're not catching what these artists are putting down. And they tell you, they tell you through song. A lot of comedians, they tell you hardcore truth about the evilness the corruption, the manipulation that goes on and that takes place in the industry, in this country. They tell it. But with some, it gets lost in the shuffle of the beat and the music and it sounds good and you're jamming, you're grooving and you get to, you know, jam this at your uh, 
family gathering at your barbecue, at your wedding and all this stuff or whatever. Come on. But they tell you. There are comedians that will put it in joke form and go right over the heads of some because they just came to laugh. The cognitive distance is also just cut off. Not properly functioning. I just want to laugh. You made me laugh. That joke was super funny. But what they said went right over. Right? So, in wrapping up here today, um, again, as I've stated, you know, a few times, please put his family in your prayers. Uh, pray for him. Right. One thing we can say for sure is that the struggles of this world, he doesn't have to deal with that anymore. Right. So keep his children in prayer. Keep them lifted up. His fiance um, and also um, his ex-wife uh, to share. I hope I'm not. I, I don't want to pronounce her name incorrectly but his entire family loved ones those that he's touched those in the church community that um he had relationships with and things of that nature and just you know keep his family lifted up in prayer because anytime you lose a loved one it's a difficult time anytime you lose one so you know and just definitely keep his children his children in prayer because you know I can I can only imagine how hard this is for them and especially uh, the younger ones, how hard this is. So with that being said, thank you so much for tuning in with me today. I hope I didn't ramble too much <laughs> that just, you know, wanted to get this uh, discussed on here today and share this information. I'd love to know what you think about all of this and uh, any information that you know that you want to share with me, please, I, I'd love to hear from you. You know, anybody that personally may have known him or anything, and you just like, you know, hey, I want to share my two cents on the situation. Hit me up. I'd love to hear from you. Please follow me on social media, on IG. You can find me at underscore the wellness chick and also on Facebook at Tawana Coleman. So you guys be blessed, be safe, enjoy the rest of your day. And I look forward to being back with you on tomorrow. So in the meantime and in between time, be blessed and be safe. Bye. Today's show was brought to you by wellness and nutrition consultant Tawana Coleman. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God. So glorify God in your body. To learn more about fueling your body with optimum and nutritional superfoods, freeing your body of toxins and chemicals, achieving mental clarity, energy, and nutrients for the whole family to take. Remember, your body does not come with a warranty, so we must take care of it. You can find me on Facebook at Twana Coleman. That's T-W-A-N-A-C-O-L-E-M-A-N. And on Instagram at the Twana Coleman.